0: So please turn with me to Acts chapter 17. Paul's in Athens. I won't put a map up. We all know and we've seen where Paul is in Athens. And we're going to be reading from Acts chapter 17. Starting at verse 22. And reading through to the end of the chapter. Verse 22 of Acts chapter 17. So Paul and perhaps feel their way toward Him, and find Him. Yet, He is actually not far from each one of us, for in Him we live and move and have our being. As even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed His offspring. Being, then, God's offspring, we ought not to think of the Divine Being as like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now He commands all people everywhere to repent, because He has fixed the day on which He will judge the world in righteousness by man whom He has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Now, when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. But others said, We will hear you again about this. So Paul went out from their midst. But some men joined him and believed, among whom also were Dionysius the Areopagite and a woman named Damaris, and others with them that's the power of the gospel to save the people who hear it who god has called and chosen through his son jesus let's pray father we thank you for the faithfulness of who you are how faithful you are and how kind and good you are how you've given us the scriptures to to be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, and, and how to use them to witness and share the gospel with others. Thank you. We can learn from Paul, this bold witness man, who had a who had an attitude of boldness for Jesus. He was willing to lay down his life for the gospel. He was willing to suffer. And help us, Father, help us to, to come to this passage now. And yeah. And what the Christian story is so we too can go out there boldly witness about Jesus, everything he has told us in the scriptures about himself help us Father now to listen help me to be clear and understood but build us up in Jesus Father make us strong and courageous make us bold, may we pray that every morning that we would be bold to make your word known as we go out there and live the gospel out amongst the people in works and words. Thank you now, Father, for this morning. What a privilege it is. We can come here now, sit under your word and allow your Holy Spirit through the scriptures to minister to us. Thank you, Father. Pray us this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. Did any of you have an opportunity this week? Please. To share the gospel, to live the gospel through your words, through your works. Because in one sense, we are commanded to go out and share and be a faithful witness for Jesus. I did remind us um, in in um, 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15 But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. We kind of commanded to to answer to people if they ask us of the hope that is in us. So this morning we're going to continue to, to get to know the Christian story. And we're going to look at our second truth soon, so we can see what the Christian story is, so that we're able to put together a story and share it with unbelievers. Well you might not get every day an opportunity to witness the gospel, but God opens doors, and He gives us the opportunity to share the gospel story. But the question is do we know what the gospel story is if we were at a briar with friends and they had friends who were unbelievers and someone pulled you over and asked you can you tell me the christian story how would you tell the christian story where would you start where would you end how would you interact with this person because most of the people today our story is jesus died on the cross for you to forgive your sins you believe in that you say you go to heaven or pray this prayer you go to heaven make this decision you go to heaven but there is a story and it's a beautiful story and paul helps us here in these verses to to put forth the christian story But you might be asking, why is is it so important for the Christian to tell the story? Why is it important for the Christian to make known the story to the lost in this world? It's so important because it's a matter of life and death. It's about life and death, eternal life and eternal death. If you believe in Jesus according to the gospel, you have eternal life. If you don't believe in Jesus, then you don't see life. God's wrath remains on you. So we have a responsibility to go out there and share the story. And just reading around, the quote I quoted last week is such a beautiful quote. This man says, Paul's message on Mars Hill calls us to repentance and new life. And it challenges us to proclaim our Saviour to others, that they too might enter into life in Him. So we have a wonderful story, we have the gospel, we have the good news that we need to tell to people while they are living, they're actually dying. We all are dying a slow death. Is it an easy story to tell? No. It's not an easy story to tell. That's why we pray for boldness, that's why we pray for courage. Because Paul said the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Paul said he preached Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews, and folly to Gentiles. But us you are saved, it is the power of God. And it's the power of God to save. Because Paul tells us in Romans, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek And we have a Christian story made up of words which allows God's powerful act of salvation to take place in the hearts of people. And that's a mystery. That is the unseen. We don't see that happening. But we can trust God and by faith we believe that there's power in our words from the gospel. And God works in his mysterious way in the hearts of the people. The Christian story is a story from the Bible about God and his son Jesus. It's about life and death. And the reason why I say it's about death, because I showed you last week in verse 31, which we will get to, because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness. And if you're not clothed in Jesus' righteousness, you are going to be judged. There will be condemnation for you. But those who are in Christ Jesus, there will be no condemnation So there is a day that our father has fixed and appointed and in his son and he will return to judge the world but do we know what the christian story is so we can go out there and and share it but before we look at our second truth we're going to i just want to recap our first truth there are four truths And we can say there's also four chapters and we'll just recap our first truth now which is to do with creation which you see in verses 24 to 25. then we'll look at the four which is our second truth which we're going to see in verses 28 to 29 the truth about humanity and then in verse 30 we come to the truth about repentance and we kind of see in there there has to be redemption repentance to happen who's going to redeem us who do we repent and put up and ask for forgiveness and then then 31 to 34 it's about judgment we can say the consummation that's going to happen at the end when everything comes to an end it's going to be our final judgment so we're going to look at four truths or four chapters to help us to know what the christian story is you can listen to last week's sermon and you can listen to the introduction again i came from a different angle and you can also listen to the complete first truth but here is a recap of our first truth to help us to know what the christian story is now i'm not saying this is the only christian story well this is the christian story that fits in with the bible but you when you sit down with someone and you're going to witness to them and you know them you need to know where where you can come in to witness them Will you come in starting with creation or will you come in starting with Jesus? So it's not a a story that you always got to start with God the Creator. You meet the person where they are in their worldview, you can say. If it's an atheist, well, you're going to start with God the Creator. You're going to try pointing to that there is a living God. But if it's a religious person and they're caught up in religiosity and they know about Jesus, then you can start and point them to the cross etc so this is not a story that's set in stone you can see where you need to come in from which chapter or which truth and the first truth to help us to know what the christian story is 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 the truth about god god as the creator god the world needs to know that and that's in verses 24 to 25 of acts chapter 1 the truth is that god he is the creator god And Paul wants to tell them about this unknown God. He walked around and he found an altar with an inscription to the unknown God. And he says in verse 23, What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. What a wise man. And he's going to start with God as the creator God. Because the idols are who they say has made this world. And it's the idols that they worship, and it's the idols that they serve. But he's going to point them to the true Creator God, the true Living God, who can be known. And we know that because he's made himself known in the scriptures. And this is the Christian story of hope to the lost world. It's all about the Creator God. So he, he starts with the Creator God because he wants to unmask. Unmask the men of Athens. He wants to unmask their sinful foolishness, and he wants to teach them the truth that those idols are not the true God. But I want to tell you about the true living God. And in verse 24, of Acts chapter 17, Paul starts with the first truth about God: God made the world and everything in it. He starts with the Almighty, loving Creator God. Which we know is very unpopular today. That's why we need to lovingly share Genesis with people. It's even becoming unpopular with Christians. So we need to we need to lovingly share and start with God, the Creator God who made the world and everything in it. And it was by wisdom that He made them all god made the world and everything all the creatures all by his wisdom how he spoke everything into existence that's why this verse is kind of taking us back to genesis 1 where we see how god created the world how he spoke everything into existence god creates the world and everything within it out of nothing it's a latin word for nothing And it's by faith we believe that God created the world. And it's by faith that we can please this God. Because without faith it is impossible to please God. You have to believe in order to please Him. And it's a believing faith. But God spoke everything into existence. Some of you might be saying, but how do we explain about God's existence? Well the Bible does not offer any formal argument for God's existence. His existence is ultimately a matter of revelation and faith. That's why I go back to Hebrews chapter 11. And just read that verse 6. And without faith it is impossible to please Him. Whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. It's all by faith. It's all by faith I believe God created the heavens and the earth. Unseen, I never saw how He did it. All I know from the words He spoke it. But I see the result, the beautiful result. The heavens declare His glory. So he's he's trying to talk to these men of athens and tell them that your idols did not create anything and your idols do not give us breath and life and your and and your idols are, are puny compared to our god who you cannot contain in a temple not even in the heavens you can read that in solomon in 1 kings chapter 8 the heavens can't contain god you can't put him in a in a temple and you can't serve him they're so caught up in doing things for their idols to win points so they can get to paradise wherever they're going but you can't he's not served by human hands or although he needed anything since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And to know more about our first truth, you can go and listen to last week's sermon. Paul is speaking against the idols. And the beautiful thing is if our God is a loving, Creator God, then he's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be worshipped. Worthy to be praised and honored. Scripture says, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things. Not some idol. Muhammad, Allah or Buddha. The true living God created all things and by your will they existed and were created. And you are therefore worthy to be honored. Because all glory and honor and power belong to you the true living God God is our loving ruler and he is the one who gives to all life and breath and all things and we can all say for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be the glory forever amen glory belongs to no one else not even to man It belongs to god so we need to take people back to god as the creator god and tell him he is the one that made everything he is sovereignly and providentially watching over his universe he's the one that gives life and breath and everything your food is from god the cattle on the hill is owned by god your house is god's your car is god's the chair you're sitting on this morning belongs to God. And it's only by God's grace the leg hasn't broken yet. We need to know that God is in control of everything, not some idol. And Paul makes this known. This wonderful truth. But has another truth that we're going to look at this morning to help us to know what the Christian story is. The truth about humanity and we see this in verses 26 to 29 of Acts chapter 17. The truth about humanity is that humanity is like it is today because of the fall because of sin. We now see today humanity in rebellion and we saw that from the day Adam and Eve sinned. They were in the garden And the Lord commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Both a spiritual death and a physical death. And because they disobey God's command, they bring God's judgment on their sin. And then we see, after the fall, man and woman, are still created in god's image but now it's corrupted by sin it's marred it's distorted and of course because of sin there are there's punishment there's judgment the wage of sin is death and because man is destined to die once after that to face judgment so we have quite an urgent story to tell people because it's a day that god has fixed through his son to judge the world. And with Adam and Eve sinning there came death, pain, and suffering, and through creation comes decay decay and trouble. And everybody that is born after the fall is born into sin, we inherit a sinful nature from which there is no rescue, we cannot save ourselves none is righteous not one not one understands no one seeks for god all have turned aside together they have become worthless no one does good not even one apart from god's grace we cannot be rescued. apart from god's grace we can do no good for the glory of god and paul is He's such a wise man. How he takes us back to creation and then the fall to humanity. How he made from one man every nation of mankind to live in all the face of the earth. The problem with these Athenians, the men of Athens, They think they're a special race. They think they have a special land. And for every race, especially for their race, they have a God. And for their land and everything, they have all these different gods. But in verse 26 of Acts chapter 17, Paul is is again going back to God. He's not only the sovereign ruler of the world, but he also controls the world sovereignly. He's the one that puts the boundaries up. He is the one that puts people in place and has boundaries and determines the allotted times where they may dwell. God made from one man every nation, that one man's Adam, every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of the dwelling place. Paul is kind of saying, No, you're not a special race. And you don't have a special land. God is the one that has given you this land. God is the one that has put you in this land. And it's not by your power, of your idols, it's not by the power of man, but it's all by God's providence. That you live in such a land and it is God's sovereignty that determines the rise and fall of nations nations can get Put this way the Soviet Union was once strong and powerful where it is today where's the States going today Where's South Africa going today because God determines the rise and fall of nations not man not your idols that you worship that you think are keeping everything together. In Athens, different gods were associated with different races and different lands. But we know, and this is what we need, we need to take people back to the scriptures. Yes, we need to tell them that God is sovereign over everything, over where he's put us, where he wants us to be. But we need to tell them, In Ephesians 2, chapter chapter 2, verses 14 to 16, For himself is our peace, who has made us both one, and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing the law of commandments, expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, therefore killing the hostility. Through Jesus, there is one race. Through Jesus, we are all one in Christ. We're brothers and sisters. God breaks down all racial superiority, all racism, and also the worship of many gods. Man thinks he's building great empires, the next minute he's flat on his face because of God has determined the rise and fall of nations. We need to point people to the true living God. We need to show people that because of the fall this world is in a mess. But we can point them to the cross which we're going to look at, Lord willing, next week at redemption and the consummation. But in the meantime, they need to know that humanity is is in rebellion because they've rejected god they've chosen to go their own way run their life on their own instead of with god trusting god in his wisdom and then paul goes on to say that that they should seek god and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him so as they live in this beautiful land that there's general revelation. There's, there's, there's God's general revelation that points to a creator God. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaim His handiwork. This beautiful mountain, how majestic it is, a rank is points to the creator God. And when people start seeking God, that's where they normally start. They look at creation and they start inquiring about the true God. Natural revelation can't save No one can seek God to be saved because of spiritual inability. We're dead in our sins. But we can seek the God and inquire about the God. But who does that person go to to inquire? He should go to the Christian because they can point him to the true living God. But when they go to someone else who doesn't know God, they just get caught up in the figment of the imagination. They tell them about a different God. And instead of them walking away worshiping the creator God, they worship the creature instead. Or they don't worship anybody because the fool has said in his heart there is no God.
1: God created the universe
0: for people to seek Him. The evidence of God's existence is so overwhelming. The stars, nature, the animals, the sea creatures... Like I said, general natural revelation does not save anybody, it is there to point people to God, and those who truly seek Him, God will bring to them special revelation that is Jesus to be saved. That's why there's there's lots of opportunities for us to tell the Christian story. Because people are seeking after a God, and we are there to point them to the true living God. it's God that has created us in His image, in His likeness. And it's in Him that we live and move and have our being. And it's from Him we are indeed His offspring. And we are God's offspring in a sense where we are created in His image, in His likeness. We're not not God's spiritual children like some people think. No, to become a spiritual child, to become a child of God you need to be saved by God through faith in Christ Jesus. And he's saying that if we are God's offspring, like we say we are, then how can we think of him as being like gold and silver or stone, an image formed by the heart and imagination of man? See, sin has distorted everything. Instead of worshipping the true creator God as he is, as he's disclosed himself in God's word, in his word, we end up worshipping the creature. And we add everything to what we can find out about God. And if it's not coming from the sacred scriptures, from God's word, the Bible, then what we know is a lie. It's a myth. The fact that our God is near us, and that, and that and He's actually not far from each one of us, that He's near us, is so true. Our God is present with us. Our God has not removed Himself from this world. He's not, he's not, we're not into deism where people say, God wound up the world, and now He's out there looking in on us, and there's nothing, nothing to do with us. It's a clockwork our god is involved and there's two beautiful words we should try and get back into our christian talk our god is transcendent this means god is beyond us and our world he's utterly you look at a tree god is not the tree god is beyond the tree so you don't end up hugging the tree thinking it's god that is not god he's beyond that tree he's transcendent he's he's utterly he's beyond can't put him in a temple you can't put him in a box you can't put him into a a a a, a creature like idol and say that is our god this little statue that's an abomination and another beautiful word is imminent it means that god is with us you look at a tree and again you see god is present he created that tree he's not that tree we're not into pantheism We think everything is God. The sun, the stars, the tree, the water, whatever. And we live and move and have our being. Our God is the one that in His common grace and saving grace is sustaining this world. And we need to turn back to the Bible. To be introduced to this God. That is not an impersonal God. It's not a piece of wood or some statue. He's a personal God, and we are personal beings, and we re- relate to one another in love and trust. Therefore, our God, our created God, can be nothing less. Someone said, How can the impersonal give birth to the personal? Because that's what those statues are they're impersonal. And then people say we come from them, but how can the impersonal give birth to the personal? our god is a personal god he has a personhood he has a personality he has character attributes so it's absurd and folly and dishonoring to god to think that he's like gold or silver or stone an image formed by the art and imagination of man that he can be constructed by man and just just reading around and it's so true and and yes i'm sensitive to what i say but it's true other religions are false and the problem with other religions when a man writes up something like muhammad talks about allah and the muslim faith who had a dream and everything the problem is when these men seek out a god and then pull you into their religion their God always suits the needs of the worshippers it kind of fits in with their whole lifestyle and their whole thing there's no sacrificing there's nothing their God just fits in with you and your lifestyle but if you look at our, our God there's so much we have to sacrifice there's so much we have to give up
1: there's a change of
0: heart there's now submitting to the true living God and living He standard, which is holiness. Their Gods don't teach about holiness. They talk, their gods just teach about what's good and right and wrong. They always seek to make a God to suit the needs of the worshippers. So we must be aware that there's idolatry out there. But there's the true living God who we know. And we need to tell people, the first chapter is the Creator God, the second tra- chapter 4, there's something wrong with humanity. That's why they worship all these other gods. A lovely quote, someone said, Idolatry can take many forms, both intellectually, with false ideas about God, and practically, with the worship of created things, rather than the Creator. So we need to turn back to the bible to the scriptures because there god has made himself known and there's a beautiful story to tell the world and lord willing over the next sunday or two we'll look at the next two chapters chapter three and chapter four so we can put together our own story listen to the story the sermon goes on anchor on our webpage. sit down with your children write up a lovely story and teach them our worldview our christian story so these two truths that we've heard the one we we did a recap on that god is the creator god and the other truth about humanity the false sin we see humanity in in rebellion will we look at these two new truths and look at them to help us to tell the christian story what it is to add it to our story Because when we look to the cross, where Jesus Christ died to forgive our sins, to bring us to His Father, so that we might become the righteousness of God, will we go and tell people the Christian story, so they too might put their repentance in the true living God, turn from sin to God, so they too might become the righteousness of God. We have such a beautiful story. Yes, it's a hard story. To go and tell the lost so they might become the righteousness of God. Will we go out there and share the Christian story with boldness? You are a Christian story. Are you an attractive story? Does does your story attract people? Do we live one way and talk another way? And we'll look at the next two chapters, Lord willing, next Sunday. But go out there as a faithful witness for Jesus and tell the Christian story so that people can be saved, so they might become the righteousness of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. Thank You for the sacred Scriptures. And thank You for, yes, we thank You for our salvation. Thank You that there was someone that came and came into our path and told us the Christian story or pointed us to Christ, our Lord and Saviour. But Father, please forgive us, for we do not boldly go out there and share a story. We always tell people about what God is doing for us and in our lives and we seem to point to our story at the expense of the Christian story. Please forgive us, Father. Please be merciful to us and give us the boldness to share the Christian story in love and tenderness and patience with the unlost, with the, with the unbeliever, with the lost. Have mercy upon us, Father. Have mercy upon us all, please. I pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.